Amen. Luke 24, starting in verse 44. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. You may be seated. You know, you're here tonight to hear these words, and that exposes your hearts. You're here because you feel you will be blessed by this historical event of our Lord returning into heaven. You're here because the veil of blindness has been removed from your eyes. And that is the work of Jesus Christ. He says, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And it's good that we celebrate this day. This is the consummation, the completion of our Lord's walk here on earth. He completed his task. He said it is finished. It is done. And what was the response of his disciples? What was the response that the veil had been removed? That he opened the scriptures to them? Well, it says, And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And where did that joy come from? It says, these are the words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Saints, we are a privileged people, a royal priesthood. The veil of darkness has been removed from our eyes. We can come here and we can understand the Scriptures. We can read the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit moves in our hearts 
to give us a measure of maturity each time we come and study the scriptures because the veil has been removed. And we are privileged. Listen to what Paul said about the Old Testament versus us, God's people now. In 2 Corinthians 3.12, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, who had put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted. Because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, the veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Do you see how privileged we are? When that veil has been pulled back, we continually grow and mature in the Scriptures, gaining knowledge and understanding and peace and comfort from the Word of God. We have unveiled face. We see the glory of God. We understand the glory in His ascension. And we should rejoice and celebrate this day. Because where did our Lord go? Hebrews 1.3 He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. And after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He's reunited to the Father. But at the right hand, representing the right hand of power. He didn't just go to heaven and leave us fend for ourselves. In John 14, 28, it says, You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. Do we rejoice that Jesus is now With his Father? We should. His rightful place. His work here was done. He said it was finished. He came here, completed it. But it's not only for his benefit that he returned to his Father, it's for ours. Listen to what Romans 8.34 says. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was the one who Raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us.
God of the universe is interceding for you and I. He's interceding this very moment as we open his scriptures. That's why we're privileged. We should be joyful. In John 16, 7, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. He's advocating for us, interceding for us. Because we, his church, his people, are the ones that are to intercede into the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. We have our task to do our work set before us. In John 14.25 it tells us, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Boy, if we could only live our whole lives relying on that verse alone. Let not your heart be troubled, believers. Neither let them be afraid. Why should we be afraid? We're walking with a life net underneath us. A lifeline holding us up. All around us, the Holy Spirit, the Helper, the Comforter. And not only that, it's that Holy Spirit. He opens the Scriptures for us. So we can mature and have that peace that surpasses all understanding. A peace that directs our lives. And when we rely on the Scriptures, that is part of the safety net. The assurance. And yes, we will have trouble in this world. It's guaranteed. We live in a sinful, fallen world. Our bodies will grow old. But we'll still have a peace that nothing will separate us from God. We'll have a peace that God will use us when we follow His directions, His Word. And He is the one that opens that Word for us. He is the one who has removed the veil. And once that veil is removed, it will not be put back on. He will be with us. In John 16.33 it says, I have said these things to you that you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. 
Our Lord overcame the world. And he will never relinquish his power. Not for one second. All kings will bow to him. All people will bow to him. And as we bow to him and seek more maturity, he will use us. Again, he was the propitiation for our sin. He took the sin from us. He who had no sin became sin. We must always remember what he did. Isaiah 53 says, Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He was crushed by his father. He has put him to grief. That's why Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But it was for us. You know, for order for him to crush the head of the serpent, he had to be crushed by his father. He did his job. He did his task. And now his task is ruling and interceding for us as we walk through this world. It tells us in Hebrew 10.12, But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sin, but when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sin, think about that. He covered all the saints, all of us, for all eternity, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all times those who are being sanctified. When he said it was complete, it was complete. We are the ones who are being sanctified. Because we are now at peace with God. You know, and that's what we celebrate here, the consummation of his work on earth. It's finished. He walked with his disciples. He opened their eyes. He explained the scriptures so they could pass it on generation after generation. We don't have to wonder if the scriptures that they teach us, the apostles in the early church, if they're referring to Christ or not, because Christ told them what was referring to him. And he's reigning in power. He's reigning now, sending his Holy Spirit. And he reigns supreme. First Peter 3.22 Who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him? Saints of God, there's nothing in this universe 
nothing in this universe that is not subjected to Jesus Christ. But you say, why is the world such a mess? Why do we wrestle with this wickedness? It's a fallen world. Ephesians 6.12 For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. There is a spiritual battle going on continually. And that spiritual battle comes down to earth where we battle continually. We battle against our own selves, our sinful minds, our sinful thoughts. And we battle against sinful men and sinful women. Get used to it. We're in a battle. It'll last our whole life. But in Ephesians 6.10 it tells us, Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. His might because He is ruling on high, sitting on the throne next to His Father. And you know how he uses and advances his church? Ephesians 4, 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace has given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. He gave gifts to us, to his saints, to his royal priesthood. And he gives us leaders. He gives us teachers. Then he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. It's all from him. It's all from him. And that's why it tells us in 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. He removed the veil. Gave us mercy that we understand His Word. We are the most privileged people on earth. It tells us nothing will separate us from the love of God. No principalities, not even death. The thing is, His church wins. Matthew 16, 18, I tell you, you are Peter, 
And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We are part of that church. You're here demonstrating your faith that you believe that this day is important. To remember and thank our God for ascending, sitting at the right hand of the Father, Thanking Him for all the works that He did when He walked on this earth. And as we mature, we can have that peace that surpasses all understanding. It's available to us. But we have to trust His Word. He's for us. He is not against us. Yes, there will be many enemies against us, but God is for us, and he has overcome the world. And he will use these trials to advance his church. And we are all he has, his saints. He set it up that way. But we have him interceding for us, and the Holy Spirit enlightening us and His Word to guide us. So we are a privileged people. And that peace should surpass all understanding. Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, I just pray that Your peace, that peace that surpasses all understanding comes upon each and every one of us and that you embolden us to know and to trust that we are your royal priesthood, a chosen people, and that we are loved by you. And I pray, O oh Lord, that you help us to comprehend that fully, how much you love us. Because when we look at ourselves, when we look at our hearts, and we see the sinfulness that we can have even in ourselves, what amazing love that is, that you loved us to save us while we were yet sinners. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name.